guys, welcome to the KFO show slash live with Gramps. Guys, I'm excited tonight. We got Gramps, as you can see, on the show. And if you love kayak fishing, there's no better place to be on the planet than right here, right now. So we're going to be talking post-spawn bass fishing specifically. Where are those fish at in this unique spawning stage? And uh, more importantly, like how do you identify that and how do you pick them up? and put some inches on the board or simply just might be your therapy. So Gramps and I will get to that in just a moment. Got a couple announcements here. Um, the podcast on the KFO show is pushing over 700 listens an episode. So if you're listening in from the podcast, thank you so much. You have surpassed the reach we get through YouTube. So freaking awesome. I asked last week for you guys to reach out to me if you're listening in. And I had some of you guys reach out, which I, I love. You, I had someone from Texas today, like, hey, you told me to reach out if you're ever in Texas. You got a place to stay and we will go kayak fishing. And so I keep a list of everybody who reaches out to me. So if I ever travel to a state I usually don't travel to, I will be reaching out to you. So if you're listening in, let me know that. Second, at least of my announcements, Grants might have some after being gone for a month. I'm sure he does. Second one is Cast Cray Giveaway. So the Cast Cray Giveaway for the KFO show is if you become a channel member of Wendell Fishing, and even if you become a channel member of Gramps tonight, um, you'll get a $10 gift code to castcray.com. And so if you're unfamiliar kind of with channel memberships, uh, this is where you get access to like membership perks. I have loyalty badges, custom emojis. I actually made one specifically for the show tonight for Gramps. I call it Laser Gramps. And so if you're one of my channel members, please throw that in the comment section so Gramps can see that. <laughs> but I go the extra mile. Early access to videos, behind the scenes updates. I send out decals. It's a good time. There's a two, five, and $10 option. Would love to have you join. And we'll send you out that $10 castcray.com code. And we had two members this past week. Thank you, Sierra Dees and Scott Ehlers. You guys freaking rock. All right. Remember, this is an interactive show. We want to hear questions, interaction from you in the comments because we always pick those up and answer those when we can. But uh, Gramps, let's bring the Toadmaster on the show, my man. <laughs> the anti-frog. <laughs> the anti-frog. Oh, you got some yardage out of that bad boy. But yeah, I, did, I, I, I did watch your video with Chad. I, I, I did. I did manage to milk that one for quite quite a while. Ended up, you know, in, in all's well ends well. You know, we we got to go down and spend some time with with Chad Hoover down on Gunnersville, and then spent some spent a day on Hero Lake, which is a uh, going to be a new fishing area slash campground to support uh, the KBF Fish Ops, which is the uh, fish operation prevents suicide and OPS stands for several other things as well, but it's going to be a, you know, Homeland hero, uh, those who love supporting our freedom and so forth and so on, uh, an area, um, that's going to probably grow into be a nice little camping spot. And, um, those are involved with, uh, the catch 22 are well aware. And, uh, because those programs support, you know, fish ops and to, a, to a degree, the knucklehead stuff that we're doing, you know, provide some of that stuff that direction as well, um, along to, you know, charities like Heroes on the Water, which is which Chad's charity is going to be for. Um, I'm supporting the uh, the, the Indiana uh, Fallen Outdoors chapter. Um, so there's a lot of great things going on there, too. But, yeah, we, we had fun playing, you know, the Frog Challenge for the last couple of years. And like a lot of people, who, if you're not familiar with what was going on, is I've always hated throwing hollow body frogs. I mean, I would throw the plastic toads. Because to me, I, I could get a hookup. I mean, they would, you know, it's like fishing, you know, anything else soft plastic. Of course, they're not as, you know, durable for the most part as a hollow body frog. But I've always caught caught them better on toads 
on frogs. I'm that dude that's always either setting the hook like you're you're fishing a chatterbait and just kind of gently lifting or swing and miss, you know, and I'm just, you know, like I'm like I'm jig fishing where it's like, you, you know, you see it and you just blam, you know, and then, you know, frog and grass come flying back at you. And it, it was a two year ordeal. And it's funny because I did my I, I edited my video and at the beginning of it, I showed several of the, the 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 fish misses. Right. You know, I had this like four and a half pounder, you know, smack a frog. It looked like an orca coming out after, you know, the <laughs> free Willie you know. got his hand up. <laughs> but when I when I couldn't when I went to go edit the video, I couldn't figure out what hard drive I had saved like a catalog because I was literally going to do this like a nine inning baseball game where three strikes over nine innings before <laughs> I finally hit the home run at the end of the game. Uh, but I couldn't figure out. And then I found those after I published the video. But we had fun. Um, we had fun in that ordeal. Everybody enjoyed all of the different frog jokes. And, you know, still to this day. But, you know, to be fair and honest, you know, it, it, it is that time of year. And, you know, I actually have one tie on. This is a, one of the flappy type frogs that came in the Monster Bass box this month. And I, I actually prefer like the buzz bait type frogs. Because you could fish and you know fish them in so many different ways, but this is one I got in a box that I'm going to be testing out too. But for those who have been wondering why I haven't been live, <laughs> probably the last time I was on with you, I kept getting intermittent internet loss, and you know my wife teleworks quite a bit, and of course you know be being a, a dude on YouTube, you gotta you gotta yeah, internet. have internets to be able to do anything, and it turns out. After they replaced my modem, sent me the newest, you know, 10G, whatever, that there was probably an issue outside. Guy, you know, came out today and crawled under the house. And we recently cut, you know, all the cable, you know, like last year. So now we just do full-time streaming. Of course, that drives us nuts if your internet's going out. Guy crawls under the house and removes all the old stuff and updates the thing and signal's still bad. And it's like, what the heck? So he comes in here to the, the fish and man cave and he looks at my corner shelf where the wire comes out. Uh -huh. and basically from the wall out of the port going up. I'll drop this <laughs> from the wall going up. I can't even hold on to it. It's like a bass going after your frog. Yeah. So this is basically how this cable looked as it was coming out of the wall and then running up my bookcase. Well, this little bend right here over the last five years since this was installed, apparently <laughs> over time, the internets were running out of this corner here. There you go. So this whole time, it was because of this bad, you know, the bend that I basically put in it, you know, five years ago when we moved in here. Um, it's taken that long to degrade, and it finally killed the signal. So my wife's like, I think he's got this nail to the wall. My wife's like, I don't care. Rip it out. She's, you know, she's supposed to be teleworking, and then the, the cable's down. So he cuts off the end, puts a new one on. Oh, Voila. magically connected to the interwebs again. Well, welcome so back. So here we are. Welcome back, uh, my friend. And I'm an IT guy. <laughs> I mean, you troubleshoot it. The last thing you want to do is start checking all the wires, right? You do all the other stuff first, maybe. maybe yeah, not. I'm like, it's been working all this time. I mean, it's, you know, didn't yeah. think about it. But, you know, anyway, our dude was awesome. Got that all fixed up. It was incredible. And we're back. So you're the first live I've done since my last live with you. And yeah. So well, Jeremy and I will be starting up and <laughs> bringing on, bringing back online our Two Brothers Fishing podcast. Um, probably starting next week sometime too. But yeah, it's been an adventure trying to chase down. But yep, frog fishing and doing all that, qualifying for the the KBF State Series Challenge Championship. 
That's in October before we go down to Gunnersville again in November for the Hero Ooh. Cup. And, you know, and then qualified again for the national championship again next season. So this last couple of months, I mean, May, I didn't make a, I didn't post a single video because there was no time to edit when you're trying to qualify for those bigger, you know, bigger tournaments. And uh, all the time was, you know, spent on the water too. So as you know, you know, fishing here sucked in May, you know, uh. we were, we were like pre and in the middle of spawn and then it finally got good right there towards the end, but I was able to lay the smack down and catch some fish. And then, you know, June has been a little slow, but I haven't fished nearly as much. I just needed yep. to accumulate some points, but yep. I've been trying to get back to being a YouTuber and creating some content again and, and getting back on that. And that's when we started our beginner kayak fishing, you know, series on my channel to kind of bring the people that we've brought into fishing and bank fishing now doing kind of like what you've been doing, bringing people into the kayaks. You know, I'm yeah. moving that direction as well. Heck yeah. It's been fun. YouTube has been like crazy for me recently. Um, Bro, just going. You bonkers. have been dropping some bangers and a lot of good quality content, and it's showing. I mean, your your views and subscriber count is on fire right it's now. It's on fire. I don't know yep. what's going on, but thank You're you. You're putting all in the work. Today. I mean, the bottom line, if you you have to make a good content, and you have to make a lot of good content, and mm -hmm. you have really been dropping those bangers for the last couple of months and you can see the growth and it's really starting to pay off for you too appreciate that appreciate that well, let's hop in we got a couple of things well, i want to talk knucklehead but not right now we'll, we'll come back to that circle back let's go post spawn bass fishing right oh yeah so you and i have relatively we might be off a couple of weeks and granted Pretty we all know that. that fish don't spawn and post you know all at the same time they do it kind of in waves but Explain kind of your take, and I'll explain my take here a little bit on what happens from the spawn to the post spawn, because that's what a lot of us are probably dealing with right now, to a degree. I mean, I'm I'm seeing yeah. fry balls here left and right, and so I know they're coming off. So the spawn. when the fish when the fish you know finish spawning or they you know they have their fry on the beds, and then they go when the the fry move off of the beds, they the bass go into fry guarding mode, and what that means is they will sit. It's kind of funny the irony in how this works. But the fry will start moving and you'll see them in pockets on, you know, the water. And they, you, you look at them at first, it's like they're minnows, but they grow pretty fast. But the bass will sit underneath them to ward off the crappie, the other bass, the uh, bluegill, who love to feed on them. Because what are the bluegill re getting ready to do? They're trying to they're feed up because they're getting yep. ready to go spawn, yep. as are the shad as well. So the bass are exhausted at this point. You know, you have a lot of folks trying to catch them on the bed because they know once they come off the bed, they're going to be hard to catch for a little bit because they're going to move from the beds towards a little more shallower water, but they're really going to be chasing those fry around who are like, it's like herding cats. You just never know which way they're going to go. Mm -hmm. And so they spend you know, probably, I think a week doing that. Right. And then once the fry get to a size and it's funny because we actually ran into a ball of them, you know, and they grow pretty quick, but, they will, they will, you know, kind of dissipate, and then the the bass go back, kind of to live in their lives. But they're starving, they're famished. They've literally been sitting on the bed, taking care of the babies. They need to feed, and normally when they need to feed, it's about the time the bluegill start getting on the bed, and it's about the time the shad start doing their thing too. Yep. And so fishing can get really good, but you got to it's it's. A lot of people try to catch them when they're still underneath those balls of bait, you know, dropping things. You might want to get one to bite every now and then, but at this point, they're pretty much, you know, they're hard to catch. And everybody's like, where did the fish go? Yep. And it it gets to be a pain. But when they kind of finish up with that, 
fish by nature, you'll either find the shallow water fish, yep. the people, the fish that like to spend their summers in, you know, in the beach, you know, they want to be in that skinny water or they want to be in the shallow coves. And then you also have those that are your offshore bass. They want to go back, go deep, be cool. You know, they ain't about it. You know, it's like, they're like people. Some of them like to be hot natured. Some of them like to be cool. So that's when your tactics start changing as you get towards summer is fishing those offshore, you know, places, brush piles and, and things like that. Or my favorite, when you find them in the coves chasing all the fish, you bust out that chatterbait and hit them in a cove and just start laying into them. You meant but, frog, right? Then, bust out the frog and then, and then The frogs will do, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I got to be fair. I mean, because, you know, those those people who have lakes that are covered, you know, have grass in them. Oh, yeah. You'll have that grass matted up along the banks. Those bass will lay up under there. So the folks who like to throw their frogs, that's what you're targeting. You know what I'm saying? And then the, the, the fish that live under the lily pads, the same kind of thing. And then, you know, in the heavy matted grass, that's when your punch rigging and stuff like that starts coming in. So it's a couple of different games based on kind of how you're equipped. If you're an offshore guy with side scan or forward facing, you, you're probably trying to hit those offshore bass because they're not targeted by the bank runners all the time. So you'll see a lot of guys that really, really catch big bass in the summer. They're the ones hitting, you know, that's not to say there's not big fish caught in skinny water. Buddy of mine on Sunday caught his, it's a P, he tied his PB at 22 and a half. Nice. Throwing a frog, shallow water on matted grass. So, yep. I mean, it's, 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 it's one of those things. It's just, you know, your techniques start changing too. Good to see our good friend Andrew. Andrew, man, he's popped in. in. Chat. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> yeah. The host of Tackle Talk. If you guys haven't, you know, if you want another podcast to binge watch on, that is a solid, solid podcast. Andrew One of the top about. fishing podcasts. He's been yeah. climbing Millions. up there, and he's up in the top ten and like some of the you know in the outdoor sports categories as well. So, yeah. Andrew has been killing it. If you don't listen to Tackle Talk podcast, you're really missing a good one too. You are. He did a banger. I had him on the show. He did a banger, banger job on five rod kind of combos for 95 percent of fishing i have the full episode if you guys missed that one go check it out but i also edited it down to a 10 minute version of like the juice but so thank you andrew you guys are freaking awesome two great dudes one stream sign me up <laughs> i appreciate that man <laughs> appreciate it all right so that's your, your kind of your take and i i don't i don't want to disagree with all that stuff um i think it's i think it's right uh, spot on, but let me, let me kind of give you kind of what I've experienced and, you know, it's fishing. It's kind of like, what's your experience? Did it work for you? So you got your, what I try to target when it comes to post-spawn fishing, cause that's where I'm at or all the transition points from the, how they came to spawn. Right. So if you were nailing them in the pre-spawn and you're like, where are they at now? Well, they're on the same transition points, hanging, going back out to their summer hunts and summer hideouts. If they're not staying under the lilies there. Um, so they're transitioning back, back. And so if you pick them, a lot of times they like to hang out in the cover. So, and these routes are are interesting, right? And so they're they're going to be holding close to cover, in my opinion. Those grass beds, the timber, it can even be, I know at my lakes around here, like the water was low. And from the waves kind of hitting it, it eroded maybe like six, seven inches. And then the water rose back up again. Well, guess what, what route a lot of bass are going to be taken back? They're going to be taking back that little bit of structure that has changed and they're going to run that line. And so if you know where that line is, you got yourself an advantage. And so for me, when the temperatures rise, 
um, my bait to go faster and faster. That's typically how that works. And so uh, I'm going to be breaking out my jigs, my Texas rigs when I'm fishing the stumps and underwater trees. Uh, they're going to be held up really close to that. And keep in mind, um, if you're still up north and you still have some coming off spawning, which I guess is still kind of tech, it could technically happen. The right happen amount of, yeah. yeah, the right amount of sunlight is needed to hatch eggs. Yep. Period. So when you have murky lakes, your beds are going to be shallow, more shallow. On clear lakes, those beds could be 10 to 15 feet down. And so yeah. keep that in mind. Take a if you if you're looking for them on the bed, you're like, where in the world they're at? If you're on a clear lake, they're deep. They can't they can be deep. They can't be shallow. Yep. But just keep in mind. The right let me let me play off of that real fast. I want to share a tip with you that my brother kind of discovered this year. So the area that he and my buddy Matt fish, it's around um, Camp Atterbury here in, in Indiana, and they have four bodies of water that are pretty close to each other. Three of them are, for whatever reason, they're all they're all four of them have a lot of grass, but for whatever reason, three of them are crystal clear. Mm. You know, it's like the grass is really doing what it's supposed to do, and it really cleans up the water. But I think two of these actually feed in. So the main one my brother fishes, which is almost always stained. I mean, always. Mm -hmm. And we're talking in a, in a square mile. I mean, it's we're not no distance at all. I mean, you can literally pick up and move to another one in five minutes. The spawn was still going on last week in yep. the murky one. Yeah. And my brother has been struggling, and he catches big fish out of here. But he was like, man, you know, he caught some smaller ones earlier up on you know a dam because the bass like to spawn you know on rock or hard they want hard bottom no mm -hmm. silt you know you've got to have something and what he found out was when he started going over them with side scan their beds were on this road bed like 10 feet 15 feet down they there weren't is. you know you you always think because you see the pros you know they're right up there on the bank and you see the fish and you know one foot of water and it's crystal clear and you're throwing your white you know not here. I mean, and this is a place that, and he was just like, these bass are still on the beds and they're just coming off. Cause he caught one and like half the tail was still tore right. up red yeah. and this and that. And so he's like duly noted for next year. He knows how to play this. So he'll know that pre-spawn on that body will be later than the others. And that's why he was able to bang out so many. And I think he took like second or third in the state um, last month early on. And, you know, but he's writing them notes. So again, oh, yeah. like you said, perfectly ex explained the clear water, they'll span spawn sooner murky. It takes, it takes a little lot of water, you know, for that light, like you said, to get down there and get it to the right place. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So post spawn fishing, I, I think it's a little bit tricky. Like you said, they're recovering with the spawn. They're in a funky mood, right? Females are usually under some sort of cover. And what I found is the reaction baits will kind of elicit a strike from the females during this time. Yep. Males are your fry garters. So if you roll up on some fry, there's a male nearby, right? Yeah. Mark that spot, circle back and drop in a lizard or something into that fry ball. Um, you know, right now I'm choosing bluegill type colors, right? Because as you mentioned, Gramps, bluegill spawns right around the corner. And yeah. um, so I'm pulling out all the bluegill colors right now on the lakes around me. There it is. <laughs> bluegill colors. You were like, hmm, what, should, what yeah. color should I throw today? Neon yellow? No. Bluegill colors. If you're fish anywhere in Northeast Ohio and they're coming and kind of in the close spot. Um, so summer heat, like you mentioned, they're going to push a lot of bass back to deep water sanctuaries. And they do that because, you know, food, food's plentiful, water yeah. temperature is a bit cooler. And so you're going to be trying to identify those creek channels, right? The structure ledges 
I often, when I before I go fish a lake, especially if it's new, I'm looking up topographical map and I'm trying to find when the lines are close together because that structure is going to be a lot of times where a lot of those big bass are going to be held up on. And so, and now when we start getting into this, they, they're, they're out there, they're out in the deeper water. That's when you can start hooking up some monsters on your deep diving cranks. So I'll yep. be diving some of those up here pretty soon. Your shallow cover mm -hmm. bass are usually hiding under some type of shade. So fish the, the the crap out of your shade lines, your lily pads, anything where there's shade. A lot of times yep. those shallows, those, those shallow cover bass are going to be in there. And but at the end of the day, as you everyone knows here, bass behavior can change from day to day, hour to hour, minute to yep. minute. <laughs> I mean, those things are they're always moving. Um, and so little, little note here, if you, if you run a bat and I've I run by a lot of these recently, if you run by a bunch of bluegill beds and you're like, Ooh, those are, they're kind of cool. Right. If, if you've seen them before, there's <laughs> like 30 of them. And well, sometimes you see even bluegill in them. The second I see a bluegill bed, I am looking around trying to find the nearest piece of cover I could possibly find. Maybe it's a grass bed, a dock, whatever it is. Cause you find that nearest piece of cover, you're likely going to find the nearest bass because they're ambush predators. They're just waiting yep. for one of those bluegill to come off the bed, mosey in the wrong place so they can get themselves a snack. So look to the left, look to the right, and you might find yourself some bass if you find some of those beds. So post-bass fishing, tricky, but you can dial it in. What do you got for us, Gramps? <clears throat> so I see a comment that I want to hit because I'm notorious for throwing a chatterbait. And what Bass Ackwards says was, I've been pulling a bluegill colored chatterbait through fry balls and getting nothing. Mm. Right now, moving baits in this, in it's, it's, you want, you want, if you're going to throw a moving bait, it needs to be a topwater mm. because, especially like a walking the dog bait, um, something that you can pop, 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 pause, and then you're going to be calling those fish up from, from the deep. But, to your point about you're trying to mimic even a bluegill colored chatterbait, these fish aren't in a chasing mood right now. They're exhausted. They need to eat um, to build back up the energy. So we're not in chatterbait season quite yet. When it turns on, you'll know it. And everything from, you know, when we're talking deep diving crankbaits, we're talking, you know, deep dive and then slow. But that's why a, a Senko or Dinger and Yes, Mr. Mr. Wendell here posted a link for what was it, a hundred pack of yum dingers. And I actually bought some. <laughs> even though even though I'm a sing Cinco guy, I was gonna hold them up and say, and this is your fault. But <laughs> but the reason why like stick baits and flukes and things like that, it's slow. If you're dropping them in their face, um, they're gonna chase them. One of my other you know, when you're talking about bluegills, one of my favorites is a tube this time of year. Um, you can make it, you can pop pop it like a like a bluegill swimming. You can drag it and they'll, you know, it imitates a crawl. And, you know, this one, th these are literally made to um, to mimic, you know, a bluegill. And, um, you oh, know, yeah. and it's funny because if you've never fished a tube before or if you used to years ago and you don't realize it's still a thing it's like i used to be real specific and pull these tentacles apart one at a time but you don't really have to now i got to tell my camera which way to focus again <laughs> but uh but you, you don't have to pull them apart because what these represent is kind of the back tail of the bluegill and when you put your stupid tube head in here which is a jig head inside 
and you know it's just a little eighth ounce and so when you pop it it just kind of darts and then dies and these things are incredible so like this green pumpkin with like the black and purple flake in it and clear water is amazing if you have stained water i can't believe i'm actually going to show this one my favorite one it's basically the chartreuse tails but of course if you're if you're, you know, you want to dip them and take a chance of getting JJ's magic all over the inside of your kayak or boat, you know, do yourself at your own risk. But I mean, the tubes like that are, are you know, they're incredible. And if you're wanting to drag something in the rivers for, for terrorizing those smallies, you know, they, they absolutely hate these things. Mm. And you know, that little orange, you know, smallies love the orange. They love the chartreuse, but, um, you know, I love the secret lures ones because they are so soft. You know, a lot of people, I really like the, uh, like the KBD, uh, caffeine shad smelling ones for forever, oh, yeah. but these things are so soft and they still hand dip them, um, themselves here in Indiana. And I'm actually going to go down there. Um, I keep saying I'm going to you know go out travel and do more stuff. I'm actually going to go visit secret lures one of these days there you go. and do like a factory tour and show how the old school tubes are still made. Cause even though I, st- I make tubes with do it molds. It's um, uh, you know, it's 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 cool to see a company that still does it the old school way, and you can still catch a ton of fish on them. And I'm gonna do a small series here coming up soon on the stupid tubes because it's like the juice that was there ten years ago, and you know, it's one of those things. All these other new baits come out and this and that, and you know, kind of people forget what really works. But the thing I love about them is when you're right now we're talking about bluegill being up on banks. Depending on where you fish, a lot of places I fish. You have a lot of trees overhanging pits and things like that. Yep. You got to be able to get those baits up on the bank. There is no easier bait to skip than skip wacky rig or a stupid tube and get it right up in those bluegill beds. And you start popping them out and the bass are just going to be sitting there just ready to snack. Losing their ever-loving mind. So we did say it was going to be an interactive show. And man, I have 21 starred comments. So let's go ahead and head back here a little bit. <laughs> Oh yeah, we, we went crazy on a post bond a second ago. So hopefully you got some value out of that. If you did, hit that like button. If you're on Gramps's, you know, on Gramps over there, hit the like button on mine. Really helps us get this, get some extra yardage out of this. All right, Bass Ackwards. He says I can't find Wendell's emojis. That's because you're on Gramps's live show over in his yeah. YouTube channel. So you're not going to be able to see that over there. All right, Cooler Lid. Wendell, you're a full time YouTuber. I am not, but I work like a full time YouTuber. And so <laughs> I put out content like it's a part-time job. So I don't sleep, but I'm not a. Yeah. Gramps uh, will give you a, a video a week and a short window. Give you a six shorts, 12 videos, two oh, live streams. He's been hammering. What, what's here's, here's my cadence. You guys want to know it's, it's, it's the season. I don't do this all season long, but being that this is like people are fishing, they, they, they have questions and they're looking for answers on YouTube. I do three shorts a day. One live show and two videos, one on Thursday, one on Sunday. And it is wild and crazy. YouTube is yep. rewarding me for it, but make no doubt about it. I don't sleep much, um, but it's a lot of fun and I love doing it. So, I mean, it's your passion. You, you just love it. Anyways. All right. Scott Holmes, that intro music and my man, I'm sorry. I've tried to find another song this past week because no. it, it's irritating the crap out of me too. <laughs> I love that song. I think when he met that intro music, he's like, yeah, that intro music, right? That can go both ways. I'm not sure. Scott, let us know what you were. I have a feeling I know where you're going with that. But... One of the standard stream yards was like ducks on a pond or something like that. <laughs> I, <can't... laughs> 
I always feel like Barry White's going to come out and good morning, good evening, everyone. Today we're going to do kayak fishing obsessed with your host, Wendell. Uh, ridiculous. All right, we're talking about frogs now. Here's some comments on the frogs. Elizabeth, who I believe is on your your first team member, right, for Knucklehead? Is that right? Oh, yeah. So yep. she's like... The hammer from Florida putting it down. You have... Misery loves company, so she rarely throws a frog either, so you're good there, boss. Um, Bucktail, I picked up some scum frogs, but I haven't thrown them yet. I have one of those, too. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't put it on only because it's lighter, like significantly lighter than the rest of my frogs, and I don't... I really don't have enough line setups to get that out there, but that's just for me. All right, Lost and Tackle, he had a question here. And Gramps, you might be able to answer this one. Hey, this was in the context. He threw this over when we were talking about the knucklehead and going down to Ditto's Landing um, for November for the knucklehead Hero yep. Cup. Where would be a good place to grab a campsite for November? And there's some there's an issue here. So I'm glad he asked this question. Yeah. So where Chad stays is actually in, in Ditto Landing is a campground. And so if you want to camp there, and now keep in mind, it is about 45 minutes, an hour drive to Gunnersville, which, I mean, that's just part of it, too. But, you know, you're going to be we're going to be going back and forth regardless. Um, there are campgrounds around as well. I've actually talked to Chad and uh, I'm sure Ditto Landing is the main place he's going to promote because that's where we're holding all of the uh, all of the other stuff as well. The evening festivities and uh, the stuff that's going to make it really fun, which is going to be everybody hanging out. Um, but Ditto Landing is your first place to start. Gramps will probably be in an Airbnb living the bigger life because I I keep saying I'm going to get back into camping, you know, so much too. But my old broken down booty loves a bed. And we get a B, we started B&B everywhere we go when it comes to fishing, to the yeah. national championship, to the classic. And it was just the, the best way to live. But I get it. You know, there's a lot of people that still like to camp. And we're going to be getting into more of the camping, kayaking things, you know, more next year as well. As I start, I'm going to go buy another cot and, and all this other stuff, too. But um, for Campground and Knucklehead, definitely Ditto Landing is your starting point. And then, and then look around from there. So Ditto Landing is in Huntsville, Alabama. Start there and then expand your search if you need to. Well, I got a question for you because I thought maybe I talked to Chad about this. Maybe it wasn't you. But on Ditto Landing site, you can't tent camp during that time frame. I think he said in one of the streams when somebody asked about that, that he was going to have an exception for uh, Veterans Day weekend. Great. Perfect. All right. Yep. So that is good news. So if you were like, hey, I want to kind of get down there, do it on the cheap. I, I see I drove Frank nuts with my assault from Canada comment earlier <laughs> when we were talking about this. <laughs> what did he say? No, I don't know. But the fact that I call it Canadian instead Canadia? of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, bass season just opened up in Canada, Canada. That's still just, it's I like, how much, what do they get? Three weeks of season to fish? I mean, geez, I could imagine being a content creator up there. Oh, it would be torture because oh. literally I was talking to a guy and I asked him for the rationale behind it. It's like, it's like number one game fish here in the U.S. People fish it 24 seven and we still have yeah. plenty. Like, why do you have those rules? He couldn't, he couldn't tell me. Do you know? I have no idea. And, and and one of the guys that I was watching that was on with, uh, it might have been Frank, actually. I think he was talking about different provinces or like their different states have different rules different depending rules. on where they are as well. So, yeah, it was, uh, it's it's nuts. It might have been Frank. I think he was on with Devo and Dizzle not too long ago, if I remember right. So, yeah. it's just one of those, you know, fuckies, that's the way they go. Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. My you wife is over here having a good time because her internet's back up and her AC is working again. Oh, yeah. Provide for that girl. All right, hook yeah. life. He says, talk about post spawn. 
close bond bites been getting better and better in my area. Toads, Texas ribbon tail worms, creature baits, all been producing, all have been producing for the recovering fish in the grass. Fluke yep. bite just started as well. Solid picking up. There's always nuggets here and there. Um, Amy Richards, and this is kind of in response to your post recently, Gramps. I know that you you threw out there. There was like a 25 percent off at Legacy Fishing for Corrado yep. Ks, and she's like, just picked up the Corrado K from American Legacy. Is that deal still going on right now? I, I, they were going to sell them until they all sell out. If you think about it, iCast is coming in two weeks. Uh-huh. Probably uh, making some moves, you know, to clean out some inventory before something new may hit the may may hit the shelves. I'm sure in the next couple of weeks we'll have to be paying attention to Tackle Talk and others as they're down at iCast, you know, kind of keeping us informed of all the new goodies coming on. And that reminds me, I need to call my buddy at Lou's and see what he might wants to spill before iCast. Ooh, the juice. Get him on the next live stream. Bring in the juice. I like it. I've never been to iCast. I, I want to go so bad. Obviously, it's not going to be in two weeks from now. Is it Florida? Yeah. Is that where it's held? Um, I think it's in Orlando every year, Orlando. too. So, you know what? Next year, maybe we should plan a plan a trip and see Ooh. if we can't make that happen. That would be awesome. Now, I can get behind that. All right. We're not going to go down that rabbit trail. Let's talk later, <laughs> Gramps, because that does sound sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Cooler Lid. Hey, enjoyed the tournament cheating video I did. If you guys haven't checked that out. That's um, pretty good. The reason I did it. And just so you know, it's like I'm not like trying to promote cheating, right? I'm trying to promote fair play. And so if everybody knows the different ways that people cheat, um, those who are thinking about cheating, be like everyone's gonna be looking over the shoulder because they know all of the ways, right, to look out for. And so check that out; it's interesting. I was geeking out on, on different. Like they, I even learned of a few others <laughs> since then. That people kind of posted in. I'm like, are you kidding me? So absolutely crazy. Go check that out if you're interested in that one. But to move on, uh, Rello, this is a great. This is a question for both of us, Gramps. If you could bring one lore out with you, say tomorrow, which lore would you both choose? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some parameters on this. One and only for the month. What do you have tied on? Oh, for the whole month? Yeah, I, I put a little, I put a little extra on there for you. Sorry, Rilla. <laughs> well, we do both. If you want one right now, and then if you had to have, does it change for the entire month? Yeah, because you know, as we're getting into get we're, as we get into that summer pattern, I would actually move from uh, Liz. I'll take that reel and give it to my brother. <laughs> Sorry, there's a chat. There's some stuff being sold in the chat, and I went in on it. Oh, there are seventy comments since I went over here. I'm in the starred yeah, section, yeah. Um, and there's like. <laughs> A whole nother conversation, it sounds like. Because because right now, like I said, this is where I'm still kind of hunting shallow as we move deeper. So I've been the the, the Senko and the Stupid Tube. Um, it was kind of the, the Senko before, and, and I kind of have a progression I go through. It kind of starts early in the season, first first off with the Senko, because I could drag it through and over grass and drop it. And then when I really got to get the bait up to the bank and in, or I want something that I can kind of swim back or bounce or you know, act like a bluegill or a crawl. Um, that's where the stupid tube for me. And it doesn't matter if I'm on a pond, a strip pit, a lake, a river always, always produces. When I get into deeper, hot summer and I'm chasing them offshore, that's when I'm going to pull that like a 10 inch Berkeley power worm. My brother's favorite, you know, everybody who follows my brother, 10 inch blue flake power worm with a glass rattle in it. I mean, he will throw that thing. If he could live and only fish one bait year round, that's it. It's it's a seven or a ten inch, you know. That's he's like, oh, I got two options, seven and ten. And when he buys bulk baits, those are the two because every PB he's ever had has come off of that bait. You know, he you wow. know, doesn't throw a lot of jigs. 
everything he needs to do, he can do with a power worm. And well, just bottom line. His PBs come off that bait because that's the only bait he fishes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bonnie, he caught, you know, it's funny because me and my buddy, we roll through, we're in a river fishing smallies. I'm throwing a tube, uh, you know, Bobby's throwing a Ned rig. Jeremy comes in with a seven inch blue fleck power worm, 20 and a quarter Hammer. inch smallie. Hammer. It takes the greatest picture ever with him holding up with the smokes, you know, hanging out of his mouth. I saw it. And Monster Bass actually used that as their, yes, they when they're going to interview him. You sent me that photo too. I was like, that is epic. So I was good. like, is this not the most authentic picture you've ever seen? And it's just, yup. But oh, I mean, so, so for me, for me, my go-to is, is like a stupid tube. Like I said, I, if I can skip it under any and everything and everywhere, and it's, you know, people who follow my channel for a long time, you know, know that I love a jackhammer and all that too. But, you know, my first most popular video on my channel is a short, as is the second. The first one is how to rig a stupid tube. Or the first is how to rig a Texas rig. Yep. The second is how to rig a stupid tube. Yep. And there's a reason why those are two of the most effective baits there are. It's just the tube has gone out of, you know, favor with all of the colors and all of the. But, I mean, it catches everything. And I'm actually going to be working, I think, with Secret later on. Um, they just started carrying these in American Legacy Fishing. So if you use Gramps 10, you get 10% off of these. Yeah. But I might actually, since, you know, Secret's an Indiana company, I think I'm going to go down and maybe, um, like, you have Cast Cray next to you. I've got Stupid, not Stupid. I've got Secret Lures not too far from me. That out. And I, I, I'd like to go down and, and, and visit their facility and see if I can't get, you know, some discount codes for the for the hooks. And, and somebody's asking me about hooks. So if you, if you got a second where I can kind of talk about this. we got time. Because, because I did get a box from Secret. In, and I, what I do... When I do a review on this, this thing I actually got to give away to you folks. Um, but it's really just a little jig head. Oh, yeah. And I, like I said, I use the smallest weight I find. And the hard part for me is these days, I love 5 aught hooks. And Gamagatsu stopped making these 60-degree bend EWG hooks in 5 aught. So I think everybody now has 4 aught. Hmm. But I still had a bunch that I bought, and I've got to do it molds, and I make my own that are in five out before four out works as well. But if you haven't seen a video on how to hook up a stupid tube, go check out. It's a short, it's easy to do once you kind of get the technique down, but just having that little bit of weight in the front, when you let it pop or drop, and then you start moving it, just get like you talk about when you do a Senko pop, pop, yep. that pop, pop with the, with the, with the stupid tube, it makes it dart. Yep. Erratic. And, oh, they, they can't leave it Jump. alone. Like chomp. If you haven't seen that stupid tube short, like where have you been? Because it's pushing up. It's coming up on a million views. So I'm not sure how you haven't seen it. Isn't that insane? <laughs> it's stupid, isn't it? It's so awesome. It is. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, I'm going to answer this question. Um, so if you're just hopping in, and we, we have 60 people on the live right now, which is pretty exciting. Uh, just for awesome. fun. So if you're coming in halfway, Gramps, myself, we do a mashup every month. Help us out. Hit the like button. I'm going to move on to this question. If I could choose one lure to go out, say tomorrow, if I went fishing, which lure would that be? Now, I, I love wacky, but I'm kind of moving away from it. Not like wholesale, but I was going to talk about this later, but I'll talk about it now. So I, I, what I try to do, I have six rods set up on the back of my, and this is just what I like. Four of those are confidence lures. Two of those are unconfidence lures. And I will not take them off. And I do the research on it. I know this is relatively the time you're supposed to fish it. I know how to fish it. I've done all that, right? Now it's just dialing it in, putting some time on the water. And I'll actually time myself. 
because it's really easy to throw like five times. Like, oh, I didn't catch anything. I'm going to go back to my confidence lore. <laughs> and so I'll tell you like, hey, Siri, set timer for 20 minutes. Everybody's phone's like going off right now, setting, setting timers. But um, what I'll do is I tie that on. And I did this for the past month with Allure. I got the video coming out next week. It is the Yamatanuki. I freaking love that bait. It is so versatile. And I'm not going to like give away what I share on in the video. But that's what I will have on tomorrow if I went out because so it's it looks, not just a gimmicky it's not you it's, like you like it okay I like it here's the thing Gramps I'm doing this video I'm not you know when you're doing a video I sometimes I do it from the kayak and I'm not really paying attention I'm just kind of casting and talking and the fishing yeah, yeah. is the background music yeah and I sl I'm slamming bass during the video and 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 I'm fishing in a place that you typically wouldn't fish like you don't see a lot of videos I didn't see any videos that said this is how you fish it but yeah. uh, I'm not going to give it away. But it's not gimmicky. It's just a heavy plastic. I also like the depths cover cover scats. Yeah. I like fishing those. So it's almost like a scat bait with a tail. It's an upside down bowling pin, essentially, if you haven't seen it before. But it's it's Yamamoto, super salty, great flutterfall. I'm stopping. I don't want to give away the video. It's coming out next Sunday. So check that out. But that's what I would tie on right now. And being that I'm in the post bar, how you fishing it? yeah, you Texas rig that bad boy. Okay. Um, and it's a big hook. You need a five out hook on the three and a half okay. inches. Yeah. I mean, they have, they just came out two and a half inches as well. And you need like a one out hook for those. But I like, I want the big ones. And just think why it's killing me. Go back to our earlier conversation about post spawns fishing. What's spawning right now? Yep. Bluegill. It looks like a baby bluegill kicking through the water. And bass are losing their minds over it. And I'm just slamming bass on it right now here in Northeast Ohio. So that's what I would have on right now. You know, I'm over here in the start comments. There are 108 other comments that I haven't even looked at yet because I'm like going down through these questions. Oh, let me see here. Um, I was like, going to comment that Mike asked if they were more durable than the Cinco's. He doesn't like how easily they shred. Oh, well, no. that's why you that's Absolutely why you not. buy them in the, in the 50 and 100 pack. <laughs> and then you buy one mold from Cinco or from Do It Molds and you just remelt them. Yeah. Make them again. And then. And then put some salt on them and put them back in the bag and do it again next year. There you go. That's why they now, call it will, do it molds. You do it yourself. So I, I share because they're, you know, they're not cheap. Um, the Yamamoto's, the, the Yamatinkis, they're like a buck 25 when you break it down per lure. And you'll get maybe two baths out of them. Um, and there's some ways that you can kind of manipulate it and get a few more baths out of them. But I can rip through a $10 pack in the morning. But yeah. would you pay? Ten dollars for ten bass, all freaking day. Would I pay? Yeah, you catch that? a five six pound bass. Was it worth it? Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely. I paid more than that. So, yeah. I mean, when you add up all the, and I'm not saying whoever made the comments making that comment, but a lot of us get in this trouble. We spend thousand dollars on on kayaks and you know trailers and in four hundred dollar combos times ten. What are you and, talking about? This sport is cheap. And then, <laughs> and and like for some reason. We and I do the same thing in my brain. I don't know why I do this. I'm like, oh man, that's a really expensive lure, <laughs> and I don't buy it. Like, I, I, I'll go wholesale on everything until the lure, the thing that's least expensive. I don't know yeah. why I do that. I don't know, but <clears throat> hey, you know what? You do you. That's the beauty of fishing. I mean, I, I get comments all the time like, oh, I carry 37 rods, oh, I carry one, and that's the way to go. I was like, you, you. Yep. I hiked the Appalachian Trail. Everyone likes the hiking different way, like the fast, slow. And it was always a saying called hike your own hike. I was like, yeah. Yes. Fish your own fish and just 
yeah, anyways. All right, let's move on here. Oh, my goodness. 122 comments. Like, I got a couple other comments here from the listeners. Outdoor Conquest said, definitely Chatterbait season in Michigan. He can't keep them off of it. So that's great. Amy, awesome. Caught my PB last Sunday on an X-Zone drop shot shallow. There we Congratulations. Go. I'll celebrate. Drop that. shot's another good one this time of year, too. Don't be afraid to put, put that out there and drag it back like a vertical Carolina rig. It's a good time of the year to start doing that as these fish are divvying up, deciding which way they're going to go. Heck, yeah. Hook Life said, I had a bass on a bed last week. Hey, yep. still That's happening. here in Indiana. Yeah, for sure. It's happening. And then you have Elizabeth is like, hey, guys, water temperature is 87 degrees down here in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to get it's going to be getting a little warmer down there for you. It's, it was in the 90s here this here this week. I was like, uh-uh. Woo. It's getting it's getting warm. All right, let's move. Uh, did you see anything in the comments? Why I wasn't really looking at it. Uh, you want to? You yeah, I saw the, the standard, you know, preference for the yum dingers, which, you know, I get that too. Fish, like he said, fish your own fish, whatever you're confident in. You know, it's like I remelt and I have molds to, to kind of redo a lot of my baits. So if I'm tearing up Senkos now, you know, they may end up being a 10 inch worm, a creature bait. You know, that's the great thing about molds is you just melt the plastic, pour it back in and do your own thing. But if you're, if you're, you know, if you're not in any of that, I mean, I understand I, I like, you know, Darren posted the the thing with the, the yum dingers on sale on Amazon and I ordered them because, you know, I may not, I may not give everybody, you know, my favorite stuff, but if I'm out fishing and somebody doesn't have something and I'm like, here, throw these yep. and it, you know, you can hand them over and, you know, the dingers will catch them too. And Chad Hoover put out a good tip on Senko's this week. Start out by fishing them weightless Texas rig. And then when you jack up the ends and do all that, put them back in the bag. And then though it's your bag full of, of Senkos for the wacky rig. Yeah. And oh, then God. once they split them in half, Ned rig. Now you're Ned rig. So there you go, baby. Three so for three, one. Three times the use for the one bait. So and then, and then you melt it. You melt it down and you make whatever you want. Four uses. Exactly. One worm, 28 cents per worm. Can't beat it. Oh, there was the comment that's going to be the future of one of my videos, and it Ooh. just happens. I'm going to have to it? film that sooner than later since you just gave me the perfect intro for this video. All right. I got I to gotta address this because I was going to address it tonight. Well, first, well, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to address it. It's probably the same thing you're talking about. Morgan? Morgan Smith Images? Uh-huh. All right, Morgan. I'm getting tired of Darren not using a net. Oh, let me explain myself. <laughs> one, I have... <laughs> I have... Opposition, oppositional defiance disorder. If someone tells me to do something, I automatically want to do the opposite. And I can't tell you how many people have told me, got to get a net, got to get a net. In fact, I did this video. I lost a fish. It jumped off my board. It was an 18 and a half incher. And grandpa's been telling me like all month long. Like, oh man, I don't have time to like edit videos. I'm out there fishing. Within like 30 seconds of me posting this video, he finds the inspiration to make a follow-up video, making fun of me for not having a net. <laughs> I yeah, my, my, first, my first video back after being on hiatus, <laughs> oh, it, was, it was just right there. It was too good to pass up. I don't have internet, guys. I don't have anything. I don't have the time. 30 seconds, the inspiration. And he gets like 2,000 views, and I'm like, I just took one of your shorts and took one of my shorts. I know, and I know what you did. I saw it. <laughs> I saw what you did. And I'm, I told him I'm buying him a knife sharpener for, for Christmas. Morgan, I have good news for you. I lost another fish at the boat and it popped off. I got a video of that. And the video is titled on my short, I'm, I bought a net. So 
I have one in the mail. It's going to be here tomorrow before 10 o'clock. It is the Yak Attack foldable leverage landing net, 12 yep. by 20. And I'm going to do actually a roundup of various different styles of kayak fishing nets as well. Um, because there are pros and cons to each different kind too. So I'm not going to say you pull the trigger and maybe purchase too soon, but you got a good option there too. Those are, those are really nice. I like that one. My buddy has one I fish with and I'm like, okay, solid, uh, on top of my, but if you watch Gene Jensen, it's like somebody whipping out a bull whip. It's it's freaking like, yeah. I saw one video like he, he got it down. Like (laughs) it was so ridiculous. His timing of it. He like caught the bass. Before, anyways, you guys, if you don't follow the Fluke Master, yeah, what are you doing with your life? One, um, also bass backwards. I'll own this. At least he wears his PFD religiously now. I do, well, and I started. We're that. both guilty of that. Yeah, and I yeah. when I first started out, it's law in Ohio that you you just have to have it on board. But and so yeah. I was like, oh, I'm following the law until I get you know moderately crucified by everybody and their brother. And I started thinking about it at first because of my disorder. Why I want to do the opposite when someone gets on me about something. I will push it off and eventually reason and rationale. And I'm like, okay, I started this. I started my channel because my one of my, I wanted to teach my girls how to fish and I might not be around when they want to learn. And I was like, Oh, what kind of, what am I telling my girls that they can do? I want them not wearing their PFD when they're out there by themselves. No. And so, and it's just, it's a smart, I'm, I'm an excellent swimmer. And that's the number one, as you know, the number one excuse people get for not wearing a PFD is I'm a really good swimmer. The problem is you don't need it when you're, when you can swim, you need it when you can't. So, I will own that. Off of that real quick because we yeah, want to drive this point home. Drive it. Um, as you, you know, as you've proven that you are a world-class swimmer, as is another uh, fellow who's on the Monster Bass Pro staff. He was down fishing the uh, Bassmaster Kayak Series at the Classic. The kayakers were doing their version of the Classic prior to the boaters, and uh, he was out pre-fishing beforehand. And I can't remember what he got his kayak caught up on, mm. um, but he put himself in a position where he d- got dumped out of his, and he was a former olympic class swimmer mm. but we're talking now the water's you know still cold the early in the year we're talking hypothermia things like that he ended up uh getting in the water yes thank you camera for not focusing on where i'm at um he ended up getting knocked out and into the water and the cold got to him and he could even grasp enough air to uh to call for help but lucky enough i can't i don't think it was jacob wheeler but it was one of the boat pros actually saw him come out of the kayak and pulled over and Whoa. got him out asap Whoa. And uh, he said, I couldn't have I couldn't have tried to do any stroke because I could not get my breath and my body, basically. And there's there's dozens of stories of, you know, experienced anglers being caught in a river um, in a kayak and yep. got turned the wrong way. The current flipped them over, pinned them up under a tree. And if not for their vest, uh, keeping them above the water, you know, could have easily drowned. So it's 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 when you get used to it, it's really nothing. I mean, I wear an NRS Chinook. And, you know, a lot of people like the real thin little, you know, um, but I wear an NRS Chinook and I mean, I'll be out in 98 degrees and it doesn't affect me whatsoever. And I'm a big old dude and the heat just, you know, it's, it's just like I'm, I'm wearing anything else. It just doesn't get in the way. It's there when I need it, but I will never not be, um, I'll never not be in a kayak again without a, without a, you know, without a PFD. And I'm like you, I used to keep them in the kayak and all that when the kids were younger and made yeah. them wear theirs. But, uh, yeah, it's just if we're going to promote the sport, then we should also live up to what we're teaching as well. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, I mean, I, if one person decides to wear it, I mean, here's the thing. Let's go off the PFD kind of conversation for a second. People underestimate water temperature and what it can do to you. Right. 
if you fall in water, and a lot of us we're we're jacked, especially up here. If you, you know when it gets cold and you're you're out of fishing for a season, it's not everyone on the call. Because maybe some of you are down south, you can fish year year round. But if you're if just coming off ice off and you're out there fishing, you get in water that's 32 to 40 degrees. You have about 15 to 30 minutes if you can't get back in your kayak and you're out in open water for whatever reason, right? You panic, you lock up, you don't have the energy, your kayak's full of water. You got 15 to 30 minutes for you to like go unconscious and have between 60 minutes before you're dead, like yep. survival. And so people underestimate what it can what it can do to you. And, and it compounds when you're not wearing the right, if you're not dressed to swim when fishing in those type of conditions. So crap goes fast, it goes crap, it goes, it goes quickly and crap hits the fan. It's kind of kind of crazy there. Anyways, let's move on. Oh man, Morgan. Jeez. Do you want your daughters losing fish because they don't use a net? <laughs> Bucktail. Bucktail, Morgan turning up the grill and high. <laughs> Backwards, <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Elizabeth, he says, NRS Chinook is three dollar signs. Ugh. If you were, if you didn't like that price, go check out the Raku um, with the the high back float kind of dispersed all the way down the back. His ad next to sixty dollars. Um, I mean, it could be one hundred eighty for a nice one. But man, I love mine now. I mean, all these pockets. I got my phone holder. I got my road yeah. tether. It's really easy to take. You know photos i don't have to worry about my phone falling out or you know all kinds of things you bump into a bunch of things so i yep. have hooks um it's but a, there are some folks that are very minimalist you know the mustang that have the air you know things in them and you know it's it's you can find something that works for you and that's like you said hike your own hike and you got to do the same here too you know some of us have different body types that we have to deal with and others just want you know the lightest and easiest thing that stays out of their way so yeah, you know, there's several different types out there, and find what works for you. All right, we're coming up to the end of our. You can't believe it. We're at an hour already. Crazy. Yeah. A really fast itching, my man. Number one person. My first interview was with Itching the Fish out there in Arkansas, and yeah. so I need to bring him back on. It's been well, 33 episodes since I've had him on. He said he bought a new Chinook off season for half the price. So you know, think about that. When I first read that, I thought he said I bought a chinook off brand like i thought i got a chinese knockoff for half price <laughs> all right let me see here oh elizabeth says i have the manual inflatable it's horrid yeah all right Good i know. have two of those in my boat yeah. just because i have to have them in there <laughs> right because i'm not gonna fall out of the boat like bass geek right <laughs> when's the last time you've been in your boat dude you're gonna call me it's, i'm gonna it's, call it's you good. out because i hear you I, never I, talk I, about it yeah, it last year. I mean, <laughs> it's time to sell, baby. Sell right now. It's I thought, time to sell. I literally thought about it. No, I, 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 this month I'm actually going to get out and make some videos in it, mm-hmm. and then I'll probably sell it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. You can <laughs> have a fleet of fishing kayaks for when you sell that bad boy. Yeah, and that's what I'd rather. That's what I like to do too. So I need to put it up for sale. I don't know why I keep fishing out of it. I need to when we have our Freedom Squad meet up in a couple of weeks. I need to get you know convince Debo that he needs a boat. Right. Oh, speaking of which, you need to come down and see us if you're free on the weekend of July. When is that? July fifteenth like uh, or something? Fifteenth, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. we're doing a send off. We're doing a Freedom Squad gathering here around the Indianapolis area. But we're also doing a, a send-off for our good friend, Master Sergeant Ralph, Army Outdoors, okay. as he's getting ready to uh, PCS from Fort Knox down in Louisville 
out to Fort Irwin, California. So if anybody's around the area, come see us. We're gonna be we're gonna be fishing in one of the boys, you know, favorite spots up there around Camp Atterbury. Ooh. And uh, Matt OEF5 is gonna bring a smoker, so we're gonna do some you know burgers and dogs and whatever, and just it's just be a good time. This will be the first one that we've done. So if we have 10, 15 people show up, it'll be a good time. If it grows a little more next year, so be it. So, you know, but looking forward to having that coming up here in a couple of weeks. And then we'll schedule some more in the future as well. Heck yeah. And thanks for the invite. I can look at my calendar. I know I'm going on vacation the following week, so I'm not sure if I'm able to make that. But I would love to because I love Army Yard Outdoors. So, yeah, awesome. Mike M says, Debo needs a yak in the worst way. And when I interviewed him, I was like, have you ever, ever been in a kayak? His answer was no. He has never. Chad his entire life offered, offered to send him one, and he just you know I don't know. He loves his John boat with little motor. I was like, yeah. well, you gotta give it, you gotta give it some. You gotta try it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, cool. Maybe, maybe they're afraid of learning what we all know. It's just the best way in the world to fish. They're afraid of you know they're never gonna get pulled into the dark side. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would secretly like like uh, Elizabeth saying, he would secretly love it. Yep. And everybody, the comments are letting up. Kayak fishing is the way to go. I love it. All right, I got one last question for you. If you have a question for Gramps or myself, go ahead and throw that in the comment section. We'll end on it. But I talked about unconfidence lures. And I think it's, for me, it's a way to grow, right? I'm putting something on. And, you know, it used to be like the one lure. And you just, you know, for years probably before I got into YouTube, you just used the one thing that because you didn't go out all the time. You just wanted to catch some bass. But you want to grow your craft. You got to throw things on and research different baits that you are not good at. And so the question to you, Gramps, do you do you have that kind of mentality where you have some type of unconfidence lure on from time to time? And what do you, and if there is, is there one that you're working on right now? Um, I mean, realistically, I've been fishing for so long that there's probably not much I don't do. And it's for me, it's like dusting off. Uh, like with the, with the whole, you know, frog thing, I didn't throw hollow bodies because I catch, I caught them on a toad. If I was fishing around, you know, for me, it's all about practicality. Um, to me, but you know, then you know, a hollow body frog is a waste of time. I could throw a plastic toad into the same stuff and catch the same fish in the pads and this and that. And I didn't have to worry about blow ups and missing, you know, as much, right. you know, it became a runny joke, but I mean, I understand the value of a frog. But, I mean, I can't say that I, – I guess if there's something I'm working on that's maybe like a newer technique, it's probably um, learning to fish offshore and using um, like a shaky head. Whereas, you know, I live on – like where everybody throws a Ned and all that, um, to me it's like this is just another jig. When I was a kid, um, you would get these same mushroom heads and you would get the Yamamoto uh, hula grubs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was almost the same setup. If you just cut the little feelers off, you had the modern Ned rig. But I mean, it's 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 just one of those things where everything kind of circles back around. So, you know, for me, a shaky head is probably something I'm playing with a little bit more because as I move offshore and start fishing more brush piles where I would generally throw a pegged Texas rig, um, a shaky head might be a little better option in some of those places. So, you know, I'm doing some videos using various spinning rods or uh, I won't call it BFS. But, you know, it's kind of is when I'm doing a drop shot with like a, a loose, you know, 
the new shallow spools or even their old ones that had the shallow spools. So you can put lighter line on mm-hmm. and basically not have to carry a spinning rod. I can carry a bait caster and use it for multiple things, drop shot, shaky head, so forth and so on. But if there's anything I'm trying to work on learning, it's, it's all, it's going offshore. It's fishing those brush piles out deeper. Like Liz said earlier, um, she's been off the banks and her big fish are coming from deeper water because a lot of time that's where those, that's where those big fish live and they're not getting hit as much yep. because, you know, they're not, you know, a lot of people like to beat the banks or fish from the banks and they can't get out to those spots. So if I'm working on something this summer, it's going to be learning an offshore game and, you know, getting them, getting them off those brush piles. And that actually saved me last year at the national championship um, because it was late in the year. And, you know, I actually ended up fishing some of the the fish I needed to get, you know, back in the game and qualify for the championship Friday in the top 100. And two of them were throwing a pegged uh, mag fatty Z from Z man okay. into some offshore brush piles. And those were ones I was looking at on live scope and, you know, trying to make them, you know, make them bite. But now I'm going to kind of follow, follow up with that and work on doing the same, but with a shaky head because I hear they come, they're a little bit better for kind of getting through that brush and goofy stuff that's out offshore right. and rock pile. There you go. Right on. I think for me, um, I, I, I've caught fish on chatterbaits. I just have not dialed it in. Right. I need to dial in the, the micro, uh, the mini max, the big blade and all, all the different variants and nuances to it. If there's a lot of great, you know, of course, tactical bassin out there does really great bait reviews, but if you have not yet, um, seen Tyler and I'm going to have him on the show here in probably some in, in months ahead of time. We've already been from bass fishing HQ. Oh, he has yeah. some of the best lore breakdowns that I've seen. I love tactical bassin, but he's my number one right now. Tyler so is look. one of the best him and fish the moment are two of my favorite for really breaking that kind of stuff down. Yeah. Fish the moment for the, like the electronics and right. Tyler is phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, teaching and breaking it down yep tyler Berger, from ohio That's too so don't get much better than yeah. that right there so gonna yep. have him on the show so that'll be exciting all right i got one last question from from the listeners and this one's interesting i want everyone to kind of answer this right and i'm going to ask gramps and we're going to hear what he has to say and i'll give my pov but i want you to answer it as well in the comments and it's from william adji what was your biggest struggle when you first started kayak fishing everyone answer that gramps what do you remember? What is what is like the thing you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that thing out of left field. The first the first thing that most people experience is learning about wind management. Mm. Um, you don't now I don't have that problem in, the, in what I'm in now. But when you're just starting out your first kayak paddle being on the water, um, you don't know a lot about anchor trolleys, anchors, anchor wizards, things that are there so that you can actually fish. Instead of any time the wind picks up, because really as anglers, we love the wind because we want that little ripple on the water. It helps us. Um, it helps us be masked from the fish with having that turbulence on the top of the water. But on the same, um, you know, getting blown around just, you know, it's like paddle, 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 one cast, paddle, 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 paddle one <laughs> cast. Or find yourself, you know, oh, I'm going to butt up against the bank and bank fish sitting in the kayak. Right. Um, but wind management is a lot of the other things. And I think the second thing on top of that is um, afraid of, you know, tipping over or balance in your yeah. in your kayak, um, because those are things you have to learn. You know, a lot of us start out with the Wally World specials and work our way up after that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know how many times that me and the boys learned it. Oh, let me reach over and grab this fish. Skadoosh, you know, 
a lot of times we're fishing in skinny water and it didn't, it didn't make that much difference, but, uh, you still have to be careful in places like that because if you're getting in a, you're in a, in a, a place that's, you know, like a flooded with a dam and it's still skinny, you know, you could have muddy bottoms and you could sink down, you know, a foot and a half, right. And lose your Crocs before you even know it and get stuck, you know, and you don't want that, but wind and, and learning how to be comfortable in, in a kayak, as far as balance and tippiness goes, probably the first two things that uh new kayak anglers, you know, have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Two things that, I, that were noticeable for me, and so I don't overlap. Of course, that's the number one question I get a lot of time is I hate unloading and unloading. So if people underestimate that a bit when they buy their kayaks and how they're going to transport it and how heavy it is. Wind, when you actually get on the water. But for me, I'm going to move kind of past that into fishing. And maybe it's just me. Anybody else, if you, if you agree with this, you're like, oh, yeah. But the first like five times I went out, I was fishing – because you're casting sitting down and I was using muscles that I haven't used in like 20 years. And yeah. I'm like, and I woke up the next morning, I was beat. I'm like, what in the world did I just do to my body? And I was trying to figure out how to like roll cast and side cast. So I don't <laughs> get what I call the double rat nest, right? You get yep. your bait caster, you, you get caught up behind you, you got a rat nest here, and then you got the rat nest six feet above your head, <laughs> the double rat nest. <laughs> It's the worst and you can't get to it. Right. So it's a hot yep. mess. Um, so that was, I was, that was one of the most like frustrating things for me. I was like, I hope it's not always like, and it's not, you dial in how to cast and how to, you know, you get just a new rhythm to it, but coming from like bank fishing, it's like yep. what in the world is going on? And so that was, that was unique for me. Do we got some comments over here? Let me see. Um, First time you go to cast back and you break a rod tip that's sitting in a rod holder behind you. <laughs> oh, I forgot that was there. Yeah, there you go. Let me see what else we got. Uh, some guys use a double double anchor wizard to kind of handle the wind. And that'll work. I was just joking with a buddy. Like We need like talons for kayaks. Like they have on the boats, like aluminum talons that come down to keep you in spot. Uh, let me see. Yeah, also at the beginning, it's in the fish. He says, accidentally catching your rods behind you. I still do it from time to time because mm -hmm. I put my camera up off my right, which is dumb. I need to switch it over to my left because I cast from my right. But sometimes I put it at like, different angles further out. <laughs> I just forget that I did that, of course, catch it. And When I'm using my net, I always net on my right side. So that's why my camera's <laughs> over there. See, I do. I, I, I will as well. Here's, I never use the net also because there's something magical to me to landing a fish and lipping it and bringing out the water like there's just something epic in that moment watching watching them open their mouth when they're when they're when they bit a jackhammer and they just disappear back into the water because you didn't have a net so i'm not good at chatterbait fishing that never happened to me <laughs> you're gonna learn i will learn but i have a net now because it's on yes. the freaking way so pretty excited and a great thing is i have like for me, I always thought I had to go up over my shoulder, but I just didn't want another thing back there behind me. Yeah. And so I propel drive and there's a quarter inch, a quarter 20 inch hole there. That I'm going to put a roto, um, a yak attack, kind of what you put a paddle in and kind yeah. of set my net right on the front of my kayak, which is completely unusable space for me. And yeah. so that is going to be the setup. My man who I fish with, I was like, Ooh, I like that setup. I'll get a net. Yeah. Now. I saw and you I using lost. a double yak holder for your uh, catch board as well. Yes. Another, another perfect way to use them just had someone ask me what i was using i was like oh yeah here's here's the link it yep. works very nicely tether it because if you bump it a little bit that oh. thing's going in the water if you don't have that tethered say goodbye to your 90 dollars aluminum catch x oh you know what since real quick before we end i want to show you guys something 
that hasn't been revealed yet. These just came in today. Ooh, bringing us some. You you've seen it first here on the mashup. What do we got? So as you guys know, Fourth of July is coming up, right? Uh-huh. Every year, Catch does a special run. Of, oh yeah, of the America Board, right? Yeah. So. You know, you got the you got the stars on the inside on the blue background with the red fence. You already own so, one of those. Why do you have a new one? Since since I've started partnering up with Catch, they sent me and Jeremy out a little something something special. What Freedom Squad? That's sick. So there's the Freedom Squad logo on sick. the America board. That's nice at Catch. So I'm gonna be meet up with Jeremy this weekend, hopefully, and present him his. And our buddy Matt, the other founding member of Freedom Squad, they actually built his when he was up there visiting the catch headquarters with Chad Hoover and Fluke Master back when they were here for the boat show. Yeah. But uh, they didn't have the parts to build one for me and Jeremy until they started doing this run. So I got an email earlier this week, and uh, you know, our good friend Duke at Catch is like sending you guys some presents, him and Nick. So they sent yeah. me and Jeremy though. So that was really cool of Catch to do that too. That is cool. Great company, quality products. I'm not sponsored anything by them, but hey, I, that my catch acts have held up like a boss. It is yeah. tough, built tough. All right, Gramps, man, that was a whole lot of fun. Um, we got Josh Ashton. I always this question: carbonate or aluminum? It's up to you. That's the aluminum. Right? Yeah, that's the yeah. aluminum Merca board. So it, it's very much exactly like that one I took to the national championship, except this one they put the Freedom Squad logo on it for us. So yeah. it was really cool. That's awesome. I, there's so many more questions. The great thing about this, I have Gramps on. Well, he has me on because we do a mashup uh, once a month. And so yeah. we'll do this again in a month. We'll talk some more fishing. Have a good time. But if you haven't done so yet, please, uh, we'd love you guys to subscribe to the channel. I don't usually ask that a whole lot. I never do my videos anymore. But, man, that helps out a whole lot. Kind of signals to YouTube that, hey, you, you want more of this. And if you do, we'd love to have you sub. Please hit that like button. And I will see you guys next. Actually, I won't see you next week because it is July 4th. And I'll see you in two weeks. But thank you so much for we we love the interaction. So thank you so much. And we'll see you guys. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. And Gramps, whenever he decides to have another live in a couple of weeks, you'll see him on two. <laughs> Probably starting on Mondays fishing. again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back now that we have Internet. Right on. Get out there and get some guys.